Hey, Fedheads, welcome to another episode of Cigar Chat. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon. Cigar Chat is broadcast around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And of course, you can tune in at CigarFederation.com, YouTube.com, but not Facebook today because Facebook is one of the most complicated tools to use. And unfortunately, there won't be no Facebook Live. That's just how it rolls. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trent. Trippy, what's going on, brother? Hey, buddy. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm in a better mood than I was last week. I got a working refrigerator this time. That helps. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm doing good and I'm hoping that on Facebook, maybe we can upload the video after the fact, just so that all our Facebook watchers can watch later. I'm sure that we can. We of course are joined by our very special guest, John Huber of Crown Heads. John, what's going on, brother? Gentlemen, how are you? Good, man. Glad you guys busted out your, uh, Crown Heads gear. I see. Got the Gotta represent. Gear. Got the, the fitted over here. I like it. I got I got plenty of crown heads gear. I like it. rocking the last Calaveras ring. Where'd you get that? You know, I know a guy. I know a guy. All right. Cool. I think what back you when you were, sorry, I was gonna say uh, back uh, back when I think the uh, I think it was 2014 when the ring yeah. was available. Yeah. So I I hopped uh, on that like a dirty bandit. Yeah, I think John Garcia did those. If not mistaken. Sounds right. Yeah, and then at 15, uh, uh, Matt made some rings for us. Matt Booth. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. I love I love the ring. To answer your question, which I rudely cut off, and I apologize, I'm smoking some of the new hotness, the Luminosa. Nice. All right. Good deal. Hold that up for our audience there. I've got some old hotness, a 2015 Las Calaveras. You know, nice. I, honestly, I think it, everybody would probably argue with me, but I think the 15 was probably the best of the lot so far to this point. I thought it was better than the 14. Could have even been better than the 16. I Come agree. On. It's It's my favorite out of the yeah. three. I think I like it, the, it, it flew way under the radar for whatever reason. I don't know why. I think it's just because it has a lighter color wrapper. It's not as dark as the 14, that Habano Escuro. But mm-hmm. I, I, as a blend, as a cigar smoker's cigar, I think the 15 is phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and not to uh, throw any other cigars under the bus, but I know the TAA blends are almost have a religious following at this point. Yeah, we, you know, knock on wood. Um, we, what was this, this? The fourth year we've done a TAA. Wow! And in fact, uh, I'm smoking a pre-release of the TA17 now, and we're getting the first shipment in, if not tomorrow, Thursday. All so right. it'll, be out, it'll be out on on the shelves as early as the end of this week, beginning of next week. Sorry, Trip, I can't uh, read your messages. You're just gonna have to say it live oh. over the intertubes. That's all right. Uh, I got a report that your audio is coming in real hot. Real hot. Yep. I don't know if you can adjust that live or not. Of course but. we can. We get all the tools. We'll adjust that live. We'll bring it down to a smooth, easy, easy, easy listening rate for our audience. Don't blow their eardrums out. So um, maybe let's talk about the TA, John, because you were that was just uh, what last month, wasn't it? Yeah, March twelfth through the sixteenth, something like that. Yeah, and it's what it's held in pretty much held in Mexico every year, right? Um, Cabo San Lucas this year. The previous year was Puerto Vallarta. I think the year before that was the Dominican. But yeah, I think they're pretty much sticking to Mexico now for whatever reason. Actually, no, I take that back. Next year is the big 50th anniversary, and I think it's going to be St. Martin's Ooh. somewhere there. Ooh. So, Fancy. Yeah, yeah it, it beats uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything beats Las Vegas. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's TA is actually a very nice show to, to be a part of, and it's, it's, it's a nice... Nice uh, four days for sure. And uh, obviously, uh, th- so that 
is that the fourth TA for you then as well? Yeah. Yeah, it is. The 14 was the first year, 15, 16, 4 TAA. Yes. Yeah. And what's, yeah, I mean, technically, technically my fourth TAA, but this, I played a little bit sick. This, I was, uh, <laughs> I was playing hurt this year. I, I was, I think I had the flu or something. I ended up doing the trade show with 103 fever. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of, I was physically, I was there, but mentally probably not 100% there. But, uh, Mike stepped up his game, I guess. So <laughs> we were there. We had a good show. It was a really good show. It was just, it was difficult to be that sick in a place that that is that nice. You know, you should be enjoying and, and, and you know, relaxing, smoking, drinking. Yeah. And I was in bed sweating and shivering. So, but it was, it's okay. And I mean, how's the evolution of the TA been? I mean, you've, you know, I'm sure coming in as, as the new guy back in 2014 and now, you know, you're kind of what, I mean, I think you're probably one of the highlights that people look for at the TA. Is that kind of reflected in the in the store owners? Like, the, are they kind of lining up, or what's what's the scoop? We've never really had a. Uh, I we've never had a bad off year at TA. We, they always support us um, very well. Um, but you'd be surprised, you know. I mean, sometimes stores that you think would be like, oh wow, you know, we don't necessarily get what you're doing sometimes still. And we're still, it's an education process to get yeah. these guys up to speed. Um, there's a lot of non TAA brick and mortars that support us, let's say a little bit more enthusiastically. Um, but you know, no complaints. I mean, just, we're just, you know, kind of honored to be a part of the TAA. It's something you get invited to. Yep. And, um, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was an honor to be invited to, to be part of that association. I mean, you're talking about some of the best tobacconists in the country. So, um, yeah, it's always it's always it's a, it's a gas to be part of it, and um, it's fun to do the the Angels Anvil every year for them. Nice, Trippy. Uh, I assume our audio is coming in coming in nice now. Yeah, yeah. No no reports of uh, problems with the audio anymore. Fantastic. As as John was saying before the call, technology man. You know, technology giveth, technology taketh away. It's just sometimes how and it I'm works. the biggest moron for the record when it comes to anything technology. It's like to me, apps are for twelve year old kids, and I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. When you guys told me that I had to get on Skype, I was like, oh boy, I should, I should have probably started this yesterday. But uh, I apologize. I apologize for the delay and the lag time getting it up. But I also appreciate that you guys were able to move the time up to, to accommodate my little schedule. So thank you for, for having me on early. Absolutely, John. I mean, you think about it, uh, our audience is here to see you. They're not here to see our faces. So, you know, if we uh, make a little shuffle, I think our audience is more than happy to tune in on a Tuesday than tune in on a Thursday. So no problem. Exactly. Uh, Trippy, maybe let's kick it off with some audience questions here before we kind of do a, a recap of the end of 2016. Because we had, John, we, I think we had you back in September. Is that right? Is that right? I, mean, I, if, I don't know. Usually when I have conversations with Logan, I try to put it out of my mind. Like, oh, I hear you. That kind of dirty that doesn't wash away, but I try to. <laughs> once it's over with, I, I, I move forward and and kind of put that away. So I, I, I really, to be honest with you, when uh, when I was on last, but yeah, September sounds about right. Well, later later on, when we ask the hard hitting questions, I'm going to ask what it was really like to work with uh, Logan on the Callaway Lane, so we can smack talk him because he's not on the call. So we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that later. All right, <laughs> Trippy. What do we got for audience questions? All right, we got a we got a whole bunch. So if you haven't heard, John's running a contest. If you ask a question before the show, uh, you can win one of those beautiful orange and black Las Calaveras hats. So yeah, he's yeah. got quite a few questions, and I'm going to kind of meld two questions here. So Nick Horton wants to say thanks for the hat from the Twitter contest. He won one of your your fine contests for one of your awesome fittings. I, Nick won. Uh... 
I think he won that that camo trucker that we never put into production. It said crowned heads and a little black patch. I'm pretty sure he had that. I on. believe that was the one. I saw nice. a picture of it. I'm pretty sure that was the one. That's definitely uh, a rarity. We did. I think we only made three of those, and he got one of them. So. Oh wow, yeah. that is a rarity. So he wants to know when we can expect more hats to order <laughs> from the hardware store. Yeah, place. good question. Um, soon, hopefully. Um, actually, in the middle of in about two or three weeks, we're gonna get some new four kicks truckers in, and I'm gonna try to get those online. Right. Um, you know, I, I get I get this question a lot, especially about like the new era made hats. So just to clear that up, and for the record. The new era fitteds and the new era flex fits, they never go online. We never have them for sale. They never will be for sale. It's just kind of a friends, family, promotional thing that we do, very small runs. Um, we have a good relationship with a, a longtime friend at New Era. And um, it's as simple as that. The, the agreement is they'll do hats, but don't sell them. So, that, uh, so they're a little bit tougher to get, but um, we do do frequent promotions and we'll do giveaways on on social media as well as in stores at, at various events so that's the only way to get the new era ones um the four kicks truckers will be up a couple of weeks um we may put these up i'm not really sure yet um we're still kind of these are pretty busy right now um so updating the the hardware store has kind of been a little bit lower of a priority but uh, sure. bear with us we'll put some other stuff up soon cool and branching off that question uh this was his other question, and it's also Dave Nichols' question. They kind of had the same question. Okay. Uh, but how does it feel to know that if the cigar industry just falls to pieces, you've got a bright future in the hat industry? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's funny, but but I've always thought that if, if I wasn't doing this, which is what I love to do, which is cigars, I, that's probably what I would be doing. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been an avid collector of hats um baseball hats in particular and that branched out as i grew older to other kinds of hats fedoras and all kinds of stuff but yeah i've got a real problem with with hats i got quite a collection at the house oh i i hear on that one i've got i got i think i'm up to like 60 or 70 now yeah and it's from time to time i'll like take stuff and and give it away and, and goodwill it and what have you but uh i i just love i love hats i love designing them i love applying our logo and our brands to, to headwear. And, you know, I've always thought that hats were one of the best ways to advertise your product because it's always visible. Like you, you're walking on the street and, Oh, that's a crown head. That's crown yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, you don't have to stock various sizes. It's usually one size fits all. It's not like trying to get like triple X L t-shirt and quadruple X t-shirts. Um, so I'm a big fan of headwear. So, um, I, I guess I just have a knack for it. Maybe an eye for design, and I love doing it. It's one of my my favorite things to do, aside from cigars. Um, so the, your question may not be that far off target, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we'll be here doing this for a long time and, and doing cigars because that's really my number one thing to do. Good, we all hope so. Yes. Well, it's funny because I know that there was a big discussion on Facebook, I think last week, where another manufacturer was kind of asking, you know, about clothing hats swag and i think it just goes to show when a when a brand resonates like crown heads resonates with with their customer base i mean like i said i mean people you could say you're giving away crown head cigars and i almost feel like people in some cases are more excited about the hats i mean they're like yeah i love your cigars but it's like yeah. can i get a hat with the cigars as well and it's like what right. yeah <laughs> and also, you know and now with the whole fda thing I can't go online and say, Hey, do you want to try the new TAA? Here's a three pack for the first 
10 guys can't do that ever yep. since uh what august 16th yep. i haven't been able to, to give away a single stick so it has become more swag and gear focused and more about the hats and the wearables and yep. which is fine it's, it's fun i mean more people probably uh wear hats than smoke cigars so if we can branch yep. the brand off into that segment then why not you know i mean that's one of the things also not to go too far off on a tangent but when we created the the entity crowned heads i wanted it to be very innocuous so that you could apply it to other things besides cigars it wasn't like you know mike and john cigar company or condor huber cigar company it was crowned heads which could be applied to cigars it could be applied to you know hats merchandise apparel craft beer you could have a crown head spirit you could have a crown heads coffee the name works well in other avenues as well yep. so kind of wanted to leave that open to to create yeah that makes sense before we get into another audience question john uh i think one of the recent announcements if if my notes are correct you just brought on board miguel Shodel. is that correct yes 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 and how, uh, how's, how's that been shody uh it's been great it's been fantastic shody was, was a really good get and um for anybody that doesn't work on this side of the, the fence, you know that, let me tell you that the draft board of quality guys, especially in sales, is very minimal. And there's always a few guys that are on your, your, your draft board that you want and you say, hey, man, if I could get, it's like Adrian Peterson, you know, if I could get Adrian Peterson one day, I'm going to trade for him or something. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Shody's one of those guys. And Shody, I've known Shody since his first day at the business um, when CAO hired him. He was 23 years old. And despite how young he was, immediately he became one of the, the stars of the, of the sales team. Um, so as years progressed, it's like I always wanted to continue working with them. And, and I think the feeling was mutual. But the, the timing never just lined up. Um, truth be told, we went after him a couple of times before this. And, and you know, just for whatever reason, it didn't work. Whether it was he was happy doing what he was doing or... He didn't want the position that we had available, but now everything kind of came together at the right time and, and we were able to get him. You know, it was, it was very happenstance almost. Um, he was going to be in town. Uh, so he said, Hey, I'm going to come in the, into town like the end of March. I'm like, stop by, we'll have a cigar, you know? And literally like three weeks before that, our guy in the Midwest resigned. We, we needed a spot there, but we needed somebody in a bigger role than that, in a bigger capacity. And I know Miguel had had experience um, as a national sales manager, not only at Duran Cigars, but at Toronto before that, and did a great job at both companies. So we came in and we, we talked for like for four hours one day, and he was going to be in town the next day and came back. And Mike and I talked to him about another three or four hours. And by the time he went home for the weekend, he was considering a position and uh, called me on a Saturday and accepted. So we were like, and it was, it's been off to the races since then. It's like every day he's like just nailing it. Boom, 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 boom. So nice. we're nice. all, yeah, we're all real happy to have, Miguel on board. Um, he, as I said, he, he was an amazing get. So uh, it's nice to have him. Absolutely. Want to remind our audience that you're tuned into Cigar Chat, broadcast around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course picked up on podcast. And noticed uh, we've got a lot of podcast listeners tuned in through TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Feedly, Podcast Addict, Overcast, tentacles like iTunes, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Thanks very much for subscribing. Stay tuned for this 
ad from one of our sponsors. Sharing Our Pairings is brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring a Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it is hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. Thanks very much for all our live listeners tuning in. Sorry that we weren't broadcast on Facebook Live tonight, but that's just how she goes. Uh, we're joined by our special guest, John Huber from Crown Heads tonight, today, this afternoon. And uh, we've got a slew of audience questions, and I don't want don't to hold it back because I know they're excited about the, the hat. So uh, let's, oh, let's yeah. get after it, uh, Trippy. Yeah. All right. So uh, a guy local to me, Jason Myers, has a good question. He says the Headley Grange drumstick is one of his favorites. Oh, I love He's it. He's really happy there was another release. Can we expect that to be kind of limited but regular basis release, or is that just a one-time re-release? If you'd asked me in 2013 uh, when we released it if we'd ever see it again, I probably would have told you no. Um, <laughs> so the fact that we're seeing it again in 17 for <laughs> me to say now, yeah, you'll never see it again, would probably not be fair. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's like Lanceros are, are like the most popular size that nobody buys when it comes mm-hmm. to a regular production cigar. Good way to put it. If you put it out in a limited release, and people know there's a finite amount of them, people will support it, buy it, and what have you. But when you make it an extension to a brand, it usually just gets it gathers dust on the shelf. So yeah, all, all those nerds buy them up, and then they just the rest yeah. of them just sit on the shelf. Yeah, and meanwhile, like, you know, six by 60s fly off the shelf, you know, it's a, on a regular production basis. So, you know, I mean, could we see it again? Yeah, possibly. Um, would it be in a regular production? Probably not. But but we may see it as kind of a, you know, maybe something that happens every few years. Yeah. Just to I get mean, a few more. Yeah. Absolutely, that's fair. I, I echo uh, his his sentiments that, the, I mean, I love, I think your cigar in my humidor, John, is probably this it's easily the second most represented product line in my personal humidor and the drumstick. I went bananas over. So when I heard that there was going to be a re-release, I mean, I kind of, I kind of lost my noodle. I like, I like that. It's, you know, it's, it's got the new foot band. So that kind of, I think that's maybe different something take. that's, yeah, it's like a different take. Right. And sometimes it's tough. Cause then you got people saying, well, is, you know, is that the original release? Is that the new release now with the foot band? There's no question about which one that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Next question are probably about Mule Kick, but <laughs> secondary band will say 2017. So you'll be able nice. to tell your 2012 from your 2017. So Trippy, what do we got for audience questions? Let's let's bang them out because I know they're out there. Uh, I saw the list. This is a good one that I know part of the answer to from Harley Holmes. Besides your brand, what other brands do you smoke regularly? Regularly, um, I've always been a big Tatuaje fan since yeah, day one. That's the one I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pete and I have been friends since '96, and when he came out with Tatuai in '03, immediately I knew he was doing something that was hadn't been done to that point, and always been a fan of theirs. And I've been Saints and Sinners since one of the I was the original one of the original guys for Saints and Sinners. I always support that. Um, I also smoke. Uh, I don't know, like what Skip's doing lately, Roma Craft. Um, oh man, I can get my. Still- yeah, I love I love what Skip's doing, man. He, you know. Uh, he started off a little bit before us, before Crown Heads, but he, he took the he took the hard way to do it. You know, he started his own factory down there, and he went down there, and he lived down there. So I've got a lot of respect. Um, he, he took the the hard road, and he's doing a fantastic job. 
cigars are great. Very unique style to, to cigar making. Um, I like his stuff. I like uh, Willie Herrera's stuff for Esteli. Um, you know, pretty much whatever, like, Wes is like our local guy. And so he, he'll go out on the road for three weeks and he'll come back here and he'll just bring a, a mix of stuff and I'll smoke it. And, nice. But it, on a regular rotation basis, I, probably the closest thing to a regular smoke for me would be like Tatuaya. You know, uh, Letalier. I like Letalier. I think it's, it doesn't get its due, due justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Agreed. it's great. I mean, especially the original ones with the Sanctisperity uh, tobacco. It has such unique flavor to it. Mm. Um, from time to time, uh, a little bit of warped, I guess, just once in a while. But um, And when I could, when I can get my hands on what Dion's doing with Luzion, he's never done anything bad. Right. Epernay yeah. to me is still one of the... You know, the benchmark cigars, fantastic. Nice. So, John, maybe talk about a little bit about how awful it was or how great it was, but I'm going to assume awful, uh, to work with Logan on the Callaway Lane project, which was really well received. So it's tough because, you know, I'm like, I work with Logan all the time at, at Cigar Federation and I know how challenging it can be. But, I mean, some of the cigars that come out, I mean, they're good. And that, that Callaway Lane was, uh, was, was very good. And it's, it's nice that it's kind of a small batch release. So, you know, yeah. one and done is kind of cool. I like the concept of one and done, but how, how was it working with Logan? Well, that was actually the second project that I worked with Logan on. The first one was the Buckingham. Right. That, mm-hmm. one, was a little, that one actually was a little bit more difficult because he, he tried to manage it a little bit more and try to, I finally got to a point. I'm like, all right, you're either going to trust me and let me do this and run with it or <laughs> you know, otherwise you can go down there and you could, sorry, and you can work on the, uh, the blend and, and the, the packaging and the name and all that. Just, are you going to trust me or not? And once we got to that point, he's like, okay, dude, go for it. And it was a, a success. Then we were, we were fine. Um, Callaway Lane was, was, was quite easy actually. Um, he approached me with that and said, Hey, you know, I want to do something for my daughter. And, you know, I don't want to be literally put her name in it and her birth date. And so I, was, I thought of a clever way to incorporate her name and the birth date, July 29th, and, and make it like an address, 729 Callaway Lane. Um, so, yeah, the Callaway was a little bit easier to work than the Buckingham. Once we got our, our boundaries set, it's not like a marriage <laughs> company. But once we got the boundaries set from Buckingham, it was, it was quite easy to go into Callaway. I was actually I was very flattered that he wanted us to do a cigar to commemorate you know his daughter's birth because being a father myself I I know how special that is so it was, it was really cool I liked it it's fun nice so I'm gonna read between the lines and say Logan's a pain but if you if you can put up with him you can you can produce some good products you hear that Logan yeah no Logan's a great guy <laughs> you just like, you just have to set boundaries and have the leverage there you go there you That's go right. and, and you know he went a few years ago he came down and literally we spent like an entire afternoon sitting outside. This is before we moved into this facility. So this was probably three years ago, maybe. And we sat outside and just talked shop for like four hours smoking cigars. And, and Logan's a bright guy, man. He is really, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm on his thing, but he's a really sharp guy and knows the industry backwards and forwards very well. And, uh, you know, I hope he continues to stay in it. I know he has, he's a little pessimistic about the, the outlook of the industry, but I try to, talk him off that ledge a little bit so gotta stay positive he's expanding into coffee now he's, he's got the the whole lane coffee thing going on and you know he's gonna he's gonna be successful whatever he does I, he's one of those guys yeah he likes to have a few projects on the go i think yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. He keeps a couple irons in the fire. Sharp dude. I, I enjoy working with him. And um, a little kind of secret that nobody really knows. Um, but we are trying to do uh, a coffee with him as well. Nice. That's been very slow. That, oh, that's wow. been on me. It's very been very slow. But he approached me like, do you want to do like, a, do you want to expand Crown Heads into coffee segment? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of makes sense. You know, I've been drinking coffee since I was in second grade and mm -hmm. the consumable and it's the agricultural process is similar to cigars. And it, it really piqued my interest. But nice. I, I haven't been as on that project as I should be um, just because I've been focused so much on all the projects we've had so far this year with Crown Heads with Paniolo, Drumstick, uh, Mule Kick, Luminosa, TAA, Las Calaveras coming up. So it, it's it's been we've been grinding over here pretty hard. All right, Trippy, let's get those audience questions in there. I know All everyone's right, yeah. dying to get a chance at that hat. Uh, so Jeff M from Cigar Federation wants to know, and this is kind of a softball one, but I like it. What describes the spirit of a Crowned Heads experience? Crown has experience like with the product or just the yeah philosophy? the product the philosophy like what do you want people to be thinking about when they I, pick up know, cigars? I've said this before, but I've always felt like the brand Crown Heads was bigger than just cigars. For us, what it was more important to convey, and cigars was a, a vehicle to convey that, was the philosophy of you know literally when the rules don't make sense, carve your own path. You know the hashtag CYOP. Meaning that, you you know, in life you can do anything you want. You know, I mean, here are two, you know, white guys in Nashville, Tennessee that are working in a primarily, you know, in a, in a traditional business that's, that's steeped in, you know, in, in Central America. Neither one of us really speak Spanish that well. Um, but anything you set your mind to, you can do. And that's kind of what we wanted to demonstrate for everybody out there is that you whatever you want to do even if it doesn't make sense you can carve your own path and, and accomplish it and achieve it and that was what i wanted to create with crowned heads with the, the, that's the experience i wanted to to give people was you know don't don't take no for an answer don't you know if it doesn't make sense to other people you know the heck with it just go for it make it happen and carve your own path and and you know life's a huge opportunity so that's that's really what I wanted to to get across. So it's bigger than just cigars. It's cigars is is just the way we delivered the message. But that's the message. Nice. All right. Nice. I think we got time for one more question before our next break here, Trippy. All right. Here's a good one. What's your favorite Crown Heads hat? The one I'm wearing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's always I get pretty geeked out about like the new hat that's. Uh, that's in the works or whatever. So I'm always on to like the next one. Like right now I've got, I got two new ones coming from new era that I'm really excited about. And so that'll be like my, you know, I'll be like all like a kid in a candy store waiting to get those hats from new era. And then I'll be thinking about something, you know, a, 24 hours later, literally. So wow. I don't really have one favorite. It's just whatever in the moment that, uh, that, you know, that we have in or that we're working on. We've done so many of them, man. I mean, honestly, we, we've only been in business for, what, six, not even seven years. And I, God, I've probably done 50, 60, 70 hats or something. Wow. Wow. I don't know. It's, it's just fun. It's fun. It's a fun branding opportunity. So I get, I, I'm glad that people enjoy it and they kind of follow it and they've kind of gotten into it. Nice. Well, and we'll get back to that in just a minute here, but I want to remind our audience, you're tuning into Cigar Chat broadcast around the world and picked up on the armed. 
Forces Radio Network. I'm your host, John Cigar Surgeon, joined by my co-host, Trippy Trent. We are here with our special guest, John Huber of Crown Heads. And this segment is brought to you by Cigar Oasis. They are the world's leader and market innovator in electronic humidification. Are you sure your cigars are protected? You should make sure you have a Cigar Oasis product because you want to set it and forget it today. Find out more at CigarOasis.com. I use Cigar Oasis. You should use Cigar Oasis too. And uh, John, as we kind of lead into, because, you know, I always wonder, you know, everyone's kind of got a different approach to the IPCPR. You know, it, it always seems like no matter how soon you start preparing for the IPCPR, it always ends up being a scramble. I mean, you're talking about all the products you've got sort of in the works right now. How soon does that process start for you getting ready for the show? And like, what, what do you think this should, like, is this show going to be different for you than it was last year? Or like you've done so many shows now, it's just kind of automatic for you. You would think, <laughs> you would think that after, especially with Mike and I, as much experience as we both have in the business, that it would be very, you know, we could do this in our sleep, but every year, every show presents new challenges. Um, you know, you're always kind of scaring at the last moment, whether it be with the product, the packaging, the graphics, the marketing, the point of sales, the, the deal, whatever. There's always something that you, you're, you're still working on to the 11th hour. Um, we start working on, on projects for the IPCPR, usually at the end of the beginning or the end of the previous year, okay. um, some, sometimes first quarter of that year. Um, we're working on one project right now specifically for the trade show. Um, still kind of in the blend evaluation, Vitola size selection process, but we have an idea of what that's going to be. Um, we were out actually thinking about bringing two projects to the show, but we're kind of getting a little lukewarm on the second project. Tommy might not be right, and it, you don't want to you know, force a square peg in a round hole. So there's right. one that, that we're going to be going for um, and, and bring it to market. Um, but for us, you know, it's even it's to get to that point, You've got all these other smaller projects, you know, to, to coordinate everything from Paniolo, again, to Drumstick this year, Mule Kick, Las Calaveras is always a big monster for us. Um, so that's all before we even get to the show. So th those are things we've been working on in addition to the regular production stuff and trying to maintain inventory levels and trying to maintain consistency with the products and working with the factories. So it's it's a tall order for a, a small crew like what we what we operate off of, but um, we'll pull it off. I'm pretty confident. I know you usually have a pretty sweet booth location. I know last year you were sort of right at the front, just off the right side. I mean, we couldn't not walk past your booth, and you know, which I, we always we always joke that like you're one of the first booths we hit on day one because I know by day two the booth is just slammed and it's business first. So we try to kind of get in there when we can. Um, yeah. Are you going to be near the front again this, this year or do you have a sense of where you're at? I know I, a bit I of a shuffle. Of, you know, that's, that's kind of more Mike's department. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's done a fantastic job of, of always securing a prime spot for us. And I, I'm pretty sure we're in a good spot this year as well. I think I want to say we're like towards the front somewhere around the Drew Estate booth again, which is great for traffic because those guys always get a ton of people. Yep. But it's usually, you know, it's like boom, 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 all day. And it's just like, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm not 100% sure where we're going to be. But, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like at this stage of the game, people have their little map and they're going to find the, the, the key ingredients and they're going to seek you out, whether you're in the front or if you're 
and by the food court. But yep. uh, I'm sure we have a decent spot again this year. We'll bring the uh, Tide Audio gear. So even if you buy the Pumpin' House mix, <laughs> we will make sure to get that Tide Audio. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it can be challenging from time to time. It's not quite a – I don't think people realize – I think they paid attention that first year. I mean, it's we measured the audio level on the floor, and it's 92 decibel ambient audio. So it's it's loud. Yeah, yeah. That's why I mean, like I compare the TAA show to the the IPCPR show, and it's so different. It's like the TAA show is, is very small. You're talking about 80 retailers and maybe 20 brands, manufacturers, and uh, and you literally have like three or four days of just. Do whatever you want to do, hang out at the pool, relax, be social, go to dinners at night. And then you have one day of work where you have the trade show and you do all your business in that one day. IPCPR is a complete antithesis to that. IPCPR, it's like they drop you in a blender and it liquefy and you're in there for three and a half days and then they pour you out and you're just like, I'm dead, you know? And it's like, then you try to tear the booth down and go home and and, and detox a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's IPCPR is a little bit more of a grind. Drippy, what do we got for audience questions? I know people are, are jamming at that hat, which we'll give away in about 15 minutes. So make sure to get those questions in before we shut you out. Uh, let's see. Uh, John, are you going to be at Cigar Fest this year? No. All right. That was, that was an e- See, that was an easy one. Softball. Uh, I, I, you know, the last time I did Cigar Fest, is that the one in the Poconos? Yeah. I was working for CAO at the time. Oh, wow. Like, it's been a while. Yeah, we've never done it as crowned heads. Um, primarily because it's just the product level of how many free cigars that you need to give away is just a little bit too steep for us. Has been. That could change. But you're talking, I think last time I looked at it, it was like north of 10,000 cigars to hand out or something. Ooh. And, you know, for a small company like us, it, that's that's a lot of sticks. That's a lot. That's a lot of sticks. Yeah. 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 What, I, what I mean, it, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to ask you, I mean, what events do you like going to? I mean, what, you know, because some events can be exciting, some events can be a grind, but what events do you like? Like, what personally sort of jacks you up for an event? Um, I'll be very honest with you guys. And uh, the only event that I've really done on a consistent basis is the Paniolo launch every year. And everybody gives me a hard time about it because they say the only reason I do it is because it's in Hawaii. <laughs> and, uh, and they're right. So, <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just going back to when Mike and I sat down to kind of do the blueprint of what crown heads was going to be. Um, one of the key ingredients was that we did not want to build the equity into the personality. We wanted to build the equity into the brands. Right. So by that, I mean, I didn't, neither one of us wanted to be like the face of the, you know, we didn't want to be in the, in the ad, like, looking at a tobacco leaf and then, Hey, meet Mike and John, buy three, get one free. Dah, dah, dah. Yep. That's just, we don't want to do that. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, one of which primarily is I just didn't want to be on the road. I mean, I've got a family, Mike has a family and, uh, I, I just, to me, that's more important. Um, you know, when I'm here, um, this is my, my role when I'm home, I'm husband and father. And that the, the, there's a definite, definite separation of church and state there. Um, the other reason is just because, you know, if you create the equity and the personality, it's like the brand will only be as strong as you are when you're in that store. And then when you leave, you know, then who's there to, right. Yep. So that's why I always wanted to build, build brands like Four Kicks, Headley Grange, Imperiosa, Jericho Hill, you know, so on and so forth. It was more important to me to do that. And 
So yeah, I don't, I intentionally shy away from events for that very reason. I, I mean, I think that's really interesting because, and I think you, you know, you have a lot of point being, and you hear it from a lot of manufacturers who do a lot of events that being on the road is a grind. And you know, when you're on the road for 200 days out of 365 or 250 days out of 365, I mean, I'm on the road probably only 70 or 80 days of the year. And I can't imagine trying to manage a brand portfolio and come out with new products and all the things that come along with that where, you know, you, cause you got to manage the tobacco. You got to make sure the blends are coming out right. You got to manage quality. And if you're doing events while doing that, it's, that's a recipe for burnout. It is in a lot of different ways. I mean, I don't think that I could be as useful here if I'm not here I, again, to your point, you know, product development. Um, and also it's just, you know, I, it's a very unique guy that can, can last on the road and, yeah. and balance everything. I'm not that guy, you know, and I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of like relationships get torn up because of this business and, and marriages get ended and, and things like that. And it really, it, it's not worth it to me. You know, it's, it, this has always been a means to an end for me. Uh, I love doing what I do, but I mean, more importantly is, is, is my family and my home. So I, I don't want to be that guy on the road. 24 seven, you know, it's just not what I want to do. Um, I enjoy creating, I enjoy the creative process. I enjoy making products or being part of a team that makes products that people enjoy. That's what I get my gratification from. And I've always said like, you know, five, 10 years down the road, if I could walk into a cigar store and walk behind a guy that's buying crown heads products and he doesn't know who I am, then I feel like I've succeeded at what I wanted to do. Nice. Fair enough. Trippy, we got uh, time for couple more questions before our next break and uh we, we get to pick the winner what do all we right got? so i'm gonna ask a question that's not an audience question this is a question from me that i expected somebody to ask uh were you surprised but that uh jericho hill was in the logan trailer and presumably in the movie i didn't see it i i've not seen the movie man and um and i've seen but there's a, there's a guy at on twitter that literally like every friday he tweets that screen grab and nice. And I'm not sure who he is. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, I thank him for that. I think it's like at Cigar Dungeon or Real Man's Man or something like that. But religiously, like that, and like he's tweeting the screen grab, and I started getting emails and texts about that particular thing. And the reality is, is like I had none of us had anything to do with it, and I don't really think it's a great placement because apparently the guy's like in a convenience store, like Seven yep. Eleven. Yeah, he just grabs a. He just grabs a handful. Grab, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that's not really where I want our products to be ever. So it's not like I'm really proud that Jericho Hill is in uh, in the movie. Um, I'm kind of flattered that people noticed it, um, but to me, it doesn't. You know, we haven't seen like a huge spike in uh, Jericho yeah. sales as a result of of that. But um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, talking right. talking about your brand resonating because I've watched Logan a couple times now, and I can tell you, it's like three frames. And two of the three frames are blurry. So for yeah. someone to be able to recognize the cigar, and you only get to see like sort of the first third of the cigar, the bands kind yeah. of turned, and yeah. guys were all over that. So I mean, that obviously speaks to the brand when a guy goes, "Hey, what was that?" Pauses, goes back. It's Boy. a Jericho Hill. So it's yeah, impressive. So I noticed it the first time I watched it. I was I just like, "Oh, it, you know? that's a Jericho Hill!" I can't believe it. Yeah, and I, but I, I couldn't take any credit for that, you know. Back like back in the CAO days, that was something we actively would go after, you know. And mm -hmm. I remember um, being part of the, the the reason why the the cigar ended up on the Sopranos, like working with the prop master and working with HBO. That was something we actively 
pursued. Um, the Jericho Hill and Logan thing, I, nah. Hell, I don't even get to go to the movies anymore, man. So, just, you know. <laughs> Family like, first. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember the last movie theater I was in, but I'm a big Netflix guy. And even then, I'm like, you know, I'm behind the curve. And I'm just now getting to the point where, like, I started binge watching Sons of Anarchy. And everybody else <laughs> has been through that, like, five years ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just, just discovered it for the first time. So, yeah, I'm a little bit slow, slow with that stuff. I don't really get a lot of, of time to, to do that kind of thing. I, th- I mean, I think that's the big advantage of Netflix. I like the idea of my content sort of being available when I have time, not me trying to make time for the content. Because if I had to make yeah. time for the content, I, I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how people with kids watched, watch TV before like the days of DVRs and stuff when they had to just sit down at seven o'clock to watch their favorite show. Yeah, no, there's, it's, Life we, doesn't we, work like that. in my house, it's, it's either Disney, Disney junior or Sprout. <laughs> yep. I hear you. We have a we have a twenty one twenty one month old daughter and that's all that's ever on the TV and then when she goes to bed my wife and I have maybe like an hour hour and a half to watch TV and you know we'll, we'll watch Netflix together or something like that or even the news or whatever but it's very we never watch like network TV or anything like that so yeah not a lot of time in the day for it. Trippy, I think we got time for maybe one more question here before we shut her down and and give that to Hadaway. I know people out there right. are crazy. We got any good questions? I think we've got a pretty good one from uh, our buddy Shadow Bates, good old Shad. Good old Shad. Uh, are there any stories you're willing to share as to why you call your wife pure outlaw? <laughs> that was her. That was her thing before I ever met her. That was that was. I still to this day I don't even know how she adopted that uh, that uh, name or whatever. But no, I when I became aware of my wife, which was through social media, that's what she went by and I'm like, and I was asking everybody that I knew, like, do you know this, this girl that goes by pure outlaw on Twitter or whatever? And I was like trying desperately to find out who she was to, to get in touch with her and everything. And, and that's, that's literally how we started. We connected through that and started like this virtual courtship, which was <laughs> initially direct messages. And then it proceeded into text messages. And then finally it was like two months before we actually had our first date. Wow. Uh, Oh. Yeah. So, and I asked her one time, I said, why, why do you go, you know, what, what's the significance of that name? She's like, you're just going to have to stick around and find out. I'm like, I'm in. So <laughs> that, that was literally like seven years ago. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Good question for you. Um, of course you work closely with uh, Ernie, who's mm-hmm. a great guy. Um, has that relationship evolved? Cause he's brought Jose Blanco on board now to help him out yeah. and do some work for him. So uh, you have any inter- interaction with Jose is, you know, is there, is that evolution, there been an evolution in that relationship at all as a part of that? Um, I, you know, I, I knew Jose better before I knew Ernie, um, because Jose, uh, used to work for, um, God, now I'm drawing a blank. What was the manufacturer that did flavors by CAO money? Who was that? La Aurora. Thank you. Oh yeah, of course. So, oh yeah. Say, yeah. La Aurora. Um, we used to call him Joe White. Instead of Jose Blanco, but we we used to say we used to mess around with Joe, <laughs> and uh, he's a great guy, man. He's been around for forever, yeah. so I I knew of him and knew him through the CAO days when La Aurora used to do a sub brand for us called Flavors by CAO, and I think they also produced um, CAO Vision, which that's kind of go back in the, the trivia. Go back. I yeah. remember that one. Looked like an iPod that lit up, and you open it up, and they played like a Queen song or something, or uh, I don't know. But at any rate. Um, but, and then I, you know, I, I had known Ernie 
um, casually just from seeing him in, in industry things and stuff. And then once we went down there to visit him and, and talked, we, the first time we, we met with Ernie, um, it wasn't, Hey, will you make a cigar for us? So it was just like looking for him for, for advice and stuff. And then when Mike and I decided that's our guy, it was a question of, okay, will he do something for us? Right. And at this point he had never done a contract brand for anybody else. So <laughs> I guess the kind of the deck was <clears throat> against us, but we were able to, uh, it worked. He said, yeah, okay, come on down. Let's, let's start working. So we started working on four kicks, but yeah, that, that relationship has evolved a lot. I mean, we've become very close on a personal level. Um, I always refer to him as Padrino, which is means Godfather, but he's known as the Godfather of boutique cigars, but I kind of feel like he's almost like personally, like a, a real Godfather. Um, you know, like when my wife and daughter come to the trade show, he's always asking, you know, bring them on the floor. You know, I want to see the baby. I want to see Laura. And, and it's always genuine. It's always sincere. He's just, he's just such a, a, a great man to, to be able to do business with too. It's, it's business comes almost secondary. He's just a really, really great guy. Well, it's always, it's always nice when a personal relationship and a business relationship can coexist like that. I mean, that just makes things easier for sure. It's rare too, because you can work very well on a business level with somebody, but you don't necessarily vibe with them on a personal level um, and vice versa. Yeah. So when you have both of those things going for you, it, it makes life pretty nice. Yeah. In fact, he was just here Friday. He came through Nashville to do a bunch of EPC events and he came in and carved out a couple hours we met here. We just posted a video that of that day, and uh, it was fun seeing him here. He hadn't been to Nashville to see us since day one, so this was usually we always go down to the factory and spend time with him there in the DR. So it was nice to see him here on our our stomping grounds. All right, we're about to break for our last segment, Trippy. Is there any other questions you can slip in before then? Yeah, uh, can you talk about the inspiration behind the Paniolo and how the project came about? And secondary question to that, how are the sales in Hawaii with their crazy taxes? Uh, the inspiration was Marvin Chang. Marvin, um, the friend back from the CIO days, and, and uh, he is a proprietor of a place called Arfield Wines. It's got like seven or eight locations. And the, the retail market in Hawaii, around, it's not like you don't have that typical brick and mortar. Usually you go in and it's like, They'll have like a poke bar and then they'll have like spirits and wines and beers and then they'll have a cigar section. So it's a different um, retail environment than, it, than you're mm -hmm. used to in the States. So basically Marvin had, had called up and said, hey, would you want to do something specific and exclusive for us? And um, yes, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, and uh, that was 2015 because we've done three Paniolos now, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. So I had the blend and I had the size and I had the idea in mind and the name was, was all Marvin really. He said, Hey, I, I have this name in mind called Paniolo and it's basically like a Hawaiian cowboy. And if you Google Paniolo, you'll see a whole history on Wikipedia of like these cowboys that came over to Hawaii. Um, so it fit really well with the merge of what we do here in Nashville with, with Hawaii. So it was very easy to, uh, to, to, to fit that in. Um, and as far as sales go, you know, it, I, I'd be hard pressed to tell you a more supportive market. I mean, when, when you go to Hawaii, and one thing Marvin told me before I ever did Paniolo or went over there to promote it was it, he goes, if you come over here, people will support you because they realize how, you know, it, it's a trek. Yeah. I mean, to give you an, for instance, 
you know, to fly from here, I think we had a layover in Dallas, Dallas to Honolulu. The first year we did it, my wife and I flew, it was like 23 hours of travel time from beginning to end. Oh, that's rough. It's tough. It's tough, you know. Um, So, but the people there really reach out and support you wholeheartedly. They're very, there's definitely like a, a brotherhood of the leaf kind of contingency there in Hawaii that they, they're so supportive. They embrace you immediately. Um, every year that we've done the launch party, um, it's, it's sold out like in a matter of days. And, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, they usually charge somewhere around 85 to hundred dollars a ticket to come in and you get some food and some drinks and you get a couple cigars and then everybody buys there too. So we do a pretty brisk business. I mean, we do you know, I, what an average retail tobacconist would call a good month. We do in one night in Hawaii. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So people <laughs> at least, um, so yeah, they've, they've always been so supportive and you know, every year it's like you go back and it's like, they remember you. I mean, I came this past year, I went there or this past February, and a guy came in, he had, his wife had made handmade lays for Laura and I, and they give you gifts and, and just, I mean, just the, the dearest, sweetest, most genuine people. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love going over there. I mean, aside from the fact that it is Hawaii, but it's just, they're just great people and it's such a beautiful place to be too. And I always, I've told Laura, I said, if I, I could live anywhere else, I said, it'd be Hawaii. Um, but, you know, I, who knows? So, um, yeah, it, it, I fell in love with it immediately. In fact, to the extent that I created a brand that was inspired by Hawaii, that became Lost Brands. So, oh wow, nice. Just reminded to your audience, you turned into Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces <laughs> Radio Network. Trippy, this last segment is brought to us by who? Drew Estate Cigars. They good. They good. All right, so we got a hat to give away. I didn't uh, really figure out in advance how we're going to give that hat away. I'm going to throw Trip right on the bus here. Trip, go down, go down those questions. <clears throat> Who do you think should be the under the bus? Under the bus? Sideways of the bus? Don't throw them in the bus. Throw them under the bus. Under the bus. Under the bus. Right under the bus. Uh, well, John, what was your favorite question to answer? Why don't I throw John under the bus? Um. Uh, wow. They're all good questions. I mean, you know what? Just I can just use a random number generator. I, I'll tell you what, just because uh, I never got, got asked that question before, I'm, whoever asked the pure outlaw question, I think I'm going to have to go with that because nobody's ever asked me about that. And, Shad. Uh, that's our buddy Shad. Shad got his weasel on. There you all right. go. Shad, email me your information along with a statement certifying that you are of legal age to buy cigars and cigar accessories in your jurisdiction. And hats. And hats. Yeah, are you of legal age to wear a hat? That's right. You got to be legal legal age. We don't want you walking around with a branded hat and, you know, as as a youngster. We know you're not, but, you know, that's just how it is in the new industry. You can email that to surgeon at cigarfederation.com. So I'm excited, John. Uh, we're always excited to, to hang at the IPCPR. You know, it's it's kind of a fun event, and I know we always get uh, a really good interview with you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We always look forward to you at the show. Um, maybe tell our audience a little bit about – First of all, where they can find you on social media, where they can find, you know, your, your page and all that, all that good stuff, that tech stuff. Okay. Um, well, it's real simple. I, I do uh, personally do both the Twitter and the Instagram. So everything you see there, I, I generate myself personally. And, and if somebody responds to me as well, it's at the T-H-E crowned heads, C-R-O-W-N-E-D-H-E-A-D-S. 
Um, as far as Facebook goes, I, I've never seen our Facebook. Uh, I, I hear we have one. I don't like Facebook. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I just, I refuse. So I, but we have a Facebook page. I just don't know what it is or where it is or what it looks like. But if you want to find us or you want to connect with me, easiest way is, is Twitter and Instagram. And the website is crownheads.com. Nice. Trippy, any uh, closing out questions here as we wrap up our Armed Forces Radio Network segment? No, that is about it. I think we hit all the questions. All right. This, uh, John, this uh, Luminosa is delicious. And th- this was, we kind of, you, you kind of turned me on to this. You said, you know, maybe pick up a pack and try them out. And uh, they're yeah. very good. And if I'm not mistaken, you said this is kind of the first foray into kind of the mild to medium segment for you guys. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Actually, um, we kind of felt like it was a gap that was in our portfolio that we didn't really have like a mild to medium cigar that would pair well with coffee in the morning or um, we wanted that traditional Connecticut kind of vibe. Um, so yeah, we, we had that, that open. So we, we filled it with Luminosa and, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. It's, it's mild to medium body. It's, it's Ecuador, Connecticut. So it's not like your traditional, like flat line, buttery, creamy, no structure Connecticut. It's got some spice to it, yep. but it's, it's easily approachable, easy to smoke. And in fact, this week we're getting the two new sizes in and that's, we're launching the entire brand. We were, and the, the thought was we were going to soft launch the Robusto and Toro, and then we would launch the entire brand at the trade show, but we moved that up. So we're launching the entire brand now and we're launching something new at the trade show. So you're going to see by next week, you'll be seeing the petite Corona, which is four and a half by 44 and the Churchill, which is seven by 48 in Luminosa, in addition to the Robusto and Toro. So nice. yeah. That'll, That'll be, be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try that. I mean, I have to say I'm, I'm a bit of a broadleaf freak. So that's why I think a lot of your cigars, I think what you, for me personally, what you bring to the table is you can pull stuff out of broadleaf that I don't normally get, you know? And I think when you do a blend in broadleaf, that broadleaf character is there, but it doesn't take the blend completely over where there are some cigars where I'll smoke and it's, you know, I love broadleaf, but it's all broadleaf where your cigar I get the broadleaf, but then there's this whole myriad of other flavors and smoking the Luminosa. I, you know, obviously agree with you that, uh, the, the wrapper plays a part, but it's not just about the wrapper. There's a whole layer of complexity underneath that, which I dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was different for me because that's not my flavor profile. I, I wouldn't gravitate towards Luminosa, but I wanted to work on something specifically for that kind of smoker. So it wasn't like, Broadleaf, I, I'm with you. I like broadleaf, so I kind of gravitate towards that. But it, we started to look at the portfolio, and everything was like dark and heavy. Whether it was San Andreas, it was dark. You know, Jericho yep. Hill, La Cariosa was dark, even though it wasn't broadleaf. It was Habano. Um, you know, that Carême. So we started getting into that kind of, I didn't want to say a, a glut or, or a rut. We wanted to create something new and bright and clean and easy to smoke. Um, and to your point, uh, as far as broadly, but you know, I don't take any of that credit. It's, it's all that credit is due to the people that work on that cigar, whether it be Ernie or the Garcias. Um, all we do really is a, I just sign off on the blend and say, okay, this, this is what I want, or this isn't what I want. Let's try to do this or go in this direction. So, but those are the, those are the true masterminds. Those are the geniuses that should have all the credit when, cause when like to, yeah, I'm a flatter when you say, you know what I bring to a blend, but I don't bring squat to a blend. I just bring my palate to the, the, the approval process. I could blend a cigar. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to yep. be that guy that says, Oh, I'm going to, I'm a master blender or 
I can put a wrapper on a bunch, you know, and that makes me a, a genius. I mean, that's all just, you know, smoke and mirrors, so to speak. But, you know, I, I give all the credit to like Ernie and, and, and Jaime and, and these guys that, that will forget more about tobacco than I will ever learn. So those are, they always have been my idols and they always will be my idols and we owe everything to those cats. So nice. Yeah. Appreciate it, John. And, you know, again, we both, we all love your cigars. We wouldn't have you on Cigar Chat if we didn't. Oh, yeah. So that's just, that's how it's, it is. It's fun. And again, I, I really appreciate you guys stepping up the time. I know that usually we do this like seven o'clock and everything, but that's, that's right around AJ's dinner time and bath time. So that's my, that's, yeah, that's, that's how, my real. That's real life. Uh, yeah, man. It's, real it's life. great life. I love it. So blessed. Thank you guys again for the opportunity and uh, we'll do it again soon, hopefully. Maybe before the trade show. Who knows? Yeah. We, we got time. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Cheers. Thanks for watching and listening. What have you. Smoke crown heads. All right. Smoke crown heads.